Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. Well, as we get started this morning, I want to introduce you to a website that you've likely never heard of. That website is Kadabra.com. So the name of the website was meant to sound magical, like the word abracadabra. But when a lawyer misheard the word as cadaver instead of Kadabra, the owner of the website, Kadabra.com, decided to change their name to Amazon.com instead. And so in the 90s, Kadabra.com wasn't born. Instead, Amazon.com was born. And, and, and they began simply by selling books online. In, in fact, uh, their, their premise uh, of them selling the books was that, that their, their selection of books was so wide and so vast, it was like the Amazon River. Now, I remember when Amazon first started coming onto the scene when I was in college and there were, there were guys on my hall that, that were ordering their books from Amazon and having them shipped to them. And, and I boldly and proudly proclaimed, I will never order books online and have them shipped to me. <laughs> I will buy them at the bookstore. I've got dignity, right? Now, fast forward to several years later, while I was in seminary, I bought all of my textbooks on Amazon.com. So here we are more than two decades later in Amazon, not only do they sell books, but they sell a wide variety of items that we purchase frequently and we wait for them patiently to arrive. So this morning we're we're launching into a new series titled The Coming. And and we're launching this series uh, at the start of Advent. And we've already been talking about Advent this morning, but but that word Advent literally means the arrival or, or the coming. And so this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is a time for us to prepare our hearts during this time of celebration, to prepare our hearts for, for the celebration of Christ when he came into this world more than 2,000 years ago as a baby. And, and while we only have to wait a couple of days for, for our packages that we order on Amazon Prime, we only wait a couple of days for those to arrive, the, the coming of the Messiah was long awaited for. It was much anticipated. But with that in, in mind, let me give you this reminder. We don't have to wait to know our Messiah we don't have to wait to know our Messiah. Rather, because Christ has already come and because he both died and rose again, we can know him personally today. You don't have to wait to know the Messiah. Because Christ came into this world, because he died and rose again, you can know the Messiah personally today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 26 through 38 today. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. Now as you're turning there, let me set this up for you. As we look at the book of Luke, 
Luke could have been written in a very formal and an academic way. In fact, the very the first four verses, the introduction of Luke is, is written in a very refined and academic manner. But, but following the introduction, Luke begins to write in the language of the common man because his desire wasn't to showcase his, his education. His desire wasn't to showcase his knowledge. His desire was to showcase the Savior. His desire was that, that as people would read through the book of Luke, as people would read his, his gospel, that they would be able to understand and know Jesus for themselves. And really, that, that's the heart in Jesus coming into this world. Jesus could have very easily stayed seated on his throne in heaven, and we would have all been without hope. We would have all been lost But Jesus humbled himself. He stepped out of heaven and he became a common man that that we might be able to know him for ourselves. And so the passage that we're going to read today is best known as the Annunciation. It is the announcement from the angel Gabriel to Mary that she was going to become pregnant with a son and he was going to be named Jesus. Now, this isn't the, the angel Gabriel's first birth announcement. In fact, if you go back before his visit to Mary, you see that that Gabriel visited Zechariah and and told Zechariah that Elizabeth was going to become pregnant with a son and and he was going to be named John. So we live in a day and age where where birth announcements and, and where gender reveals when all of this just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I think part of that's due to, to the wide usage of, of social media. It just kind of feeds that desire to do things big. So when we were living up in Fort Worth, we, we went to, to some friends, a gender reveal party for, for their baby, and, and their daughter played softball, so they had the, the powder for the, the gender put inside of a, a breakable softball that then, that they then tossed to their older daughter, and, and she broke that softball releasing the cloud of smoke, letting everybody know that, that they were going to have a son. And so, uh, so we tend to do stuff big with our birth announcements, with our gender reveals, but still no one has topped how big God does announcements. God literally sent an angel to Elizabeth to tell her that she was going to give birth to a son. And then in the sixth month of her pregnancy, God sent that same angel to Mary to to tell her that she was going to give birth to a son. And not just a son, but she was going to give birth to a savior. When God does birth announcements, he goes big, right? And we can't top him. So let's look at this big announcement here in, in chapter one, verses 26 through 38 says, in the sixth month, that's referring to the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. 
He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with the man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Now, as we look at this passage this morning, the first thing that I want to do is highlight, I want to highlight what we see in verse 26. In verse 26, we read those words, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. The story of Christ's birth begins with God, much like the story of creation begins with God. Genesis 1-1 tells us, in the beginning, God In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. The story of Christ's birth begins with God. So a couple of years ago, I took a a group of of students from our youth ministry up in Watauga. I took them to work on a mission trip uh, with World Changers. And we went to Houston to, uh, to help restore some of those houses that were damaged during Hurricane Harvey. And while we were there, there was a young man that I met that he, he said multiple times throughout the week, we're all the stars of our own movie. Everyone is just a side character. And, and he would say this when someone was late to the van causing us to be delayed. He's like, that's all right. You're, you're the star of your own movie. We're all just your side characters, right? Now, I thought that was funny and it, and it stuck with me. But, but as we look at Genesis 1-1 and as we look at Luke 1-26, we're reminded that we are not the stars of the story. We are not the central figure. God is the star of the story. Jesus is the central figure of the stories. And our lives are but moments in the midst of his story. Gabriel was announcing his story. Mary was going to be used as a part of his story. We aren't the central figures We aren't the stars. Jesus is. Now, as we think about the coming of Christ, a good friend of mine reminded me, as I talked over this passage with him earlier this week, he reminded me that that the story of Christ's coming is not a worldly story. In fact, this is a story that, that many times the world has difficulty with. This is not a worldly story. This is a God story. The coming of Christ into the world has more than simply physical aspects to it. It has spiritual ramifications for our lives. And throughout the Old Testament, there were numerous prophecies of of the coming Messiah. These prophecies were well known by those that, that studied the law, and so they were expecting the Messiah to come. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. There there was much that was expected, but as we look at this passage, there was also much that was unexpected in Christ's coming. And so today, for the next few moments, I just want to look at some of these things that we see in our passage that were unexpected. First, we see an unexpected town. We see an unexpected town. If, If we continue reading verse 26, we see that God sent the angel Gabriel to the town of Nazareth. 
Now, what was Nazareth? Nazareth was really a, a nothing town. In fact, many people in the Jewish culture looked down on Nazareth. They held Nazareth in very low esteem. So by now, many of you know that, that I grew up in Rockport, Texas. And just next door to Rockport, Texas is a small town called Aransas Pass. You may be familiar with, with Aransas Pass if you're familiar with that area. So what I'm about to tell you, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is right, but when, when I was growing up in Rockport, and, and particularly during football season, we all know how football rivalries go, right? So particularly during football season, anytime we were playing Aransas Pass, the students wouldn't call Aransas Pass by its name. We would call it Aransas Trash, right? We held Aransas Pass in very low esteem. We talked poorly of them. This was Nazareth. This was the town of Nazareth. They talked poorly about Nazareth. They looked down on Nazareth. In fact, in John 1:46, Nathaniel asked the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was anything but the town that, that people would have expected to see an angel sent by God go to, to talk to a woman, to tell her that she was going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. Nazareth was anything but the town that people would have expected, the Messiah that they had been long awaiting. It was not the town that they would have expected him to grow up in. And so let me pause right here and give you this reminder. Great things can happen in the most unexpected of places when God is involved. Great things can happen in the most unexpected of places when God is involved. Now, I don't want to imply that, that Stockdale is, is lowly or looked down upon, but the truth is, is Stockdale is a small town. We all know that. And, and outside of Stockdale, many people are not familiar with, with the town of Stockdale. In fact, when, when we were telling people in Watauga that we were moving to Stockdale, people heard that we were moving to Scottsdale, Arizona, and people heard that we were moving to Fort Stockton, Texas. People were just not familiar with the town of Stockdale. Many people were asked, where, where is Stockdale? What, what is that town? And, and so while, while this is by no means a, a town that's looked down upon, it's just not a, a very well-known town. And, and if people were to think of a great movement of God, if people were to think of a great sweeping revival, they would likely think of that occurring in a large, well-known city. And maybe they would think of it occurring in a megachurch in that large, well-known city. But let me say this again. Great things can happen in the most unexpected places when God is involved. Listen, I don't care how, how small Stockdale is. I don't care how well people outside of Stockdale know this town. If God wants to send a great sweeping revival through this town, the size of this town is not going to stop it. I, I don't know if God's going to do something in this town so big that it, that it moves out beyond this town and into the state and, and, and into this country. I don't know that he's going to do that. But certainly the size of this town would not stop him. Because revival... And God's sending revival is not based on the size of a church. It's not based on the size of a town. It is based on the size of our God. 
Great things can happen in the most unexpected of places when God is involved. And so let me give you this charge. Begin expecting, begin expecting to see God do great things here in Stockdale. Begin having that heart of expectation for Stockdale, but begin expecting to see God to to bring revival. Begin expecting to see God to do great things in this church. A couple of Sunday nights ago, we were up here praying for revival at 5 p.m., and and I made a statement to those that were were here that night that, that I quickly backtracked on, right? So I made a statement. I said, I realize that we're not going to see people coming down the aisle every single Sunday morning. But then I stopped myself and I said, I realize that that's our attitude, mine included, right? I realize that that's our attitude, but I'm not okay with that. Sure, if we want to base this on my strength as your pastor, or if we want to base it on your strength as a believer or on your strength as a member of this church, then yes, we, we cannot expect to see people coming down these aisles responding every single week. But if we begin to place our expectation, if we begin to place our faith, not in our own strength and not in our own size, but if we begin to place our expectation and our faith in the size of our God, then we certainly can see people begin coming down these aisles every single Sunday. There's absolutely no reason with how good and how great our God is, there is no reason that we can't expect to see our friends and our family members and our coworkers and those that we meet out in the public square. There's absolutely no reason that we can't expect our God to begin transforming their hearts and saving their souls. God is bigger than all of us. And if we place our hope and our faith in him, we can expect great things. We can expect revival in this town and in this church. We can expect it because great things can happen in the most unexpected places when God is involved. Nazareth was a nothing town, and yet here we are 2,000 years later still talking about the town of Nazareth because of its association with Jesus Nazareth didn't make itself great. God made Nazareth great when he sent his son Jesus into it and he used it for his glory. God can do great things in the most unexpected of places when when God is involved. Second, so we see the unexpected town. Second, we see an unexpected greeting. What does verse 28 say again? It says, and the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, as we think about the, the favor that the angel spoke to, to Mary here, it, it's tempting for us to, to begin to place our focus on, on Mary. Maybe we begin to place it on our focus on her holiness, or we begin to place it on, on her goodness. But I would contend that the emphasis here is not on Mary. The emphasis here is on the presence of the Lord. Remember, we're not the stars of the story. We're not the central figures. Jesus is. Likewise, Mary is not the central figure of this story. Jesus is the central figure of this story. So the Greek word that's translated here as favor can also be translated as grace. 
And, and so I believe that, that the reason that Mary is chosen, the reason that Mary has found favor in the eyes of God is not because of Mary's goodness. It's not because of Mary's holiness. The reason that Mary has been chosen is because of God's grace. It is by his grace that she was chosen. Now, more and more, I hear people talking about that word karma, right? Even in the church at times, I hear people using that word karma. And karma is the idea that, that, that we get what we deserve or you get what you deserve. But, but with this greeting that we see here and, and with the coming of Christ, we are reminded that Jesus didn't come into this world to give us what we deserve. Jesus came into this world to give us grace. Jesus came into this world to give us what we don't deserve. And, and it's because he came into this world. It's because of, of his grace that, that, that we're able to receive through his death on the cross, it's because of his grace that you and I are able to also experience and walk in his favor. So the angel said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And we see Mary's response to that greeting in verse 29. We're told that she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this, this could be. And in her response... Uh, I, along with, with other scholars, I believe that we see great humility in her response. So we live in a world where, where it seems like more and more uh, people just kind of have this sense of entitlement. And, and I think we see that crop up, especially and unfortunately during this time uh, of the Christmas season. As we begin making all of the lists of the things we want and, and maybe even the things that, that we believe we deserve, we begin to... To, to believe that, man, I am entitled to all of this, this stuff. But let me just encourage you, this Christmas season, don't allow, don't allow entitlement to be your heart's attitude. Uh, allow for God to, to examine your heart, examine your heart with him, and, and, and if there is any areas of entitlement, allow God to root that out and instead walk in humility Christ humbled himself to come into this world. We see this humble response from Mary to this greeting. Let's not, let's not be entitled during this season. Let's walk humbly. So we see this unexpected town and we see the unexpected greeting. Third, we see the unexpected pregnancy. Third, we see the unexpected pregnancy. So in verse 31, Gabriel gets to the heart of his appearance to, to Mary. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Now, I realize that, that from time to time, couples do have some unexpected pregnancies. Uh, but, but many times, we try to, we, we do what we can to, to plan our pregnancies. So, Sarah and I, we were married for, for a few years before she got pregnant with Emily. And then Emily was, was out of childcare before, we, we, before she got pregnant with, with Ethan. And so there was certainly some, some planning that went into that. But Mary's pregnancy was not in her plans, nor was it in, in Joseph's plans. This, this was quite certainly unplanned for them. 
But understand, even though this was unplanned for them, this was not unplanned for God. Now, there would have been some, some cultural ramifications for, for Mary and Joseph to, to have this child out of wedlock. But even though this was not planned by Mary and Joseph, this was planned by God. Even though this pregnancy was not expected by Mary and Joseph, this was expected by God. And so let me just give you this simple reminder. God's plans are better. Sometimes things don't go the way we plan them to. God's plans are better. Listen, I, I, I understand we don't always understand God's plans, but, but man, we, we're seeing things so close up. He's able to see things from a broad picture. We don't always understand his plans, but we can trust his plans. His plans are, are better. And so in verse 34, Mary asks the question, how will this be? And in verse 35, Gabriel tells her, that it would be by the Holy Spirit that she would conceive the child, that the Holy Spirit was going to overshadow her. And that word that we see there, that, that word that's used for overshadow is the same word that's used for the Shekinah glory of God that we see in the book of Exodus. And, and again, we see that word uh, for the cloud of transfiguration in, in Matthew 17, Mark 9, and, and Luke 9. In other words, the exact same power that was at work in, in Moses' life and, and in the life of the Israelites, the exact same power that was at work in Jesus' life when he was here on this earth, that exact same power was there to allow Mary to conceive. Now, here's the thing. That exact same power, if you have given your life to Christ, if you are a believer, that exact same power is in you because God gives us his Holy Spirit. It was by the Spirit that Mary would conceive. And so we don't have, we don't have, uh, we're, we're not pregnant with the Savior, but we do have the indwelling of the Spirit. The Spirit comes into our lives, and so we're able to walk in his power and his victory daily to overcome sin and temptation. So we see the unexpected town, we see the unexpected greeting, and we see the unexpected pregnancy. Finally, this morning, we see an unexpected baby. What do verses 32 and 33 say again? It says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Now, I said in the beginning that that there were many prophecies throughout the Old Testament for the coming Messiah. People were expecting the Messiah to come. But even though there were prophecies that the Messiah was going to come as a baby, people were expecting the Messiah to show up onto the scene as, as a politician or as a great warrior. They were not expecting to, to see him show up as, as a baby. And so... Even though there were many prophecies, him coming as a baby was still very unexpected. But you know, even if we're honest, today, still, when we think of victory in this world, many times we think of great warriors and we think of politicians. Many times we're still trying to get the right political candidate into office so that we can see this nation saved. But I said it last week and I'll say it again. It's not the one who sits behind the desk in the Oval Office that has the power to transform hearts. 
It's the one who sits enthroned in heaven. Our Savior is not a political candidate. Our Savior is the Lord, and he came into this world all those years ago in a very unexpected way, although it was prophesied, he came in a very unexpected way. He came as a baby. But this baby grew up to be a man, and he died on the cross for your sins and mine, and today we can know him personally. We don't have to wait to know the Messiah because he's already come. We can know him personally today and so the question for you today is do you know do you know this Jesus the one that came as an unexpected baby in an unexpected town through an unexpected pregnancy with an unexpected greeting do you know this Jesus have you allowed this Jesus to become the Lord of your life and if you're here today and you would say you've never given your life to the Lord you've never allowed Jesus to be your Lord then I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing one final song. And as we sing this song, this is going to be your opportunity to respond. And if you're here today and you would say, that's you, you've never given your life to the Lord. But today, maybe it's even unexpected for you that the Lord would be moving in your heart, that as you're here today, that you would, he- that you would have heard the gospel and that you would, you would have a sensing that the Lord is drawing you to salvation. If that's you, then, then I would invite you today to respond. I'm going to be standing right down front. I would invite you, come, join me down front. Let's talk, let's pray. Today can be the day of your salvation. Now, maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ, but, but maybe as you look at your, your plans and your life, maybe things have not been going the way you have planned. Maybe things have been going quite unexpectedly. Let me just remind you, you can trust God's plans And today, if that's where you find yourself, I would just invite you to lean into him and just ask him to to help you to trust in his plans. His plans are better. Now, maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ, but maybe you haven't taken that next step of baptism. But you're ready to take that step to make your faith public in Christ. If If that's you, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's talk, let's pray, let's make that commitment for baptism today. Maybe you're here today and you would say, you've given your life to Christ and you have been baptized and you've been visiting First Baptist Stockdale and you know that God's calling you to make this your church home. If that's you, I would invite you to respond as well. Today, we can pray and you can become a member here of this church body as we continue to, to serve the Lord together. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, I would encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you and have a great week.